while for these larger types of pests we're dealing with over here on the old continent, we already have a great name for it, London Purple. We simply must make it the deadliest poisonous killer ever conceived by man, sending some gaseous cloud of mulberry or amethyst right back at them. And it would be preferable if we can have it smell of some combination of garden beets roasting, a fine claret and succulent plum pie to make it most unsuspecting. Welcome back to Battlefords Untapped. I'm your host, Matt Jakes, and I'm proud to let you know that we're a member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. What you've just heard was a letter home from the front lines of World War I, as imagined and read by local author Robin Spear. It's an excerpt from the short story From Paris Green to London Purple in his new book, St. Lazarus Day and Other Stories. Robin is my guest for this Season 2, Episode 8 of Untapped. You'll learn about what makes the Battleford special for this local author, where he comes up with the ideas for the incredible range of stories featured in the book, and learn about his own journey as a first-time published writer. I spoke with Robin over Zoom recently, so let's dive right in. Yeah, so Robin Spears, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Untapped today. Really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, Matt. It's uh, great to be with you. You've got a great, great show here. Uh, you do a great job as host. And the program is uh, its an exciting, important program for the Battleford. So uh, thrilled to be on. Well, that's great. Thanks. Uh, great to hear that. And if I understand, too, that you were born and raised right here in the Battlefords, too. Is that right? Your uh, your family goes back some uh, some generations here in town? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My grandpa Spear, grandpa and grandma Spear moved here in the late 40s uh, after the war had a small business uh, downtown for, for several decades, which uh, my father and my uncle uh, ran. And they're, they're still both in town, one in, uh, one in the north town, one in the old town. And uh, yeah, no, I grew up in North Balford. I, uh, I'm a proud alum of uh, Brady Elementary School. Okay, and, okay. Uh, Al- Alexander, North Battleford uh, Comp. And um, yeah, was raised here, went away for a few years to, to Ottawa and Calgary. Uh, and came back here in uh, in 2016 to be uh, be at home with uh, family. So yeah, excited to be uh, be back home. Well, that's great. So it's a homecoming. Uh, what what makes you know besides your family being here and obviously having roots and connections and all of that, but for you, just uh, what makes Battleford something special for you that made it uh, worth coming home to again? Yeah, no, I I love growing up here. I thought it was an excellent community to be be raised in, um, you know, and and uh, wanted uh, one of my children to be raised here as well, close to their uh, their family, uh, you know, close to uh, the uh, the cabin at Jackfish and close to the farm uh, just north of town, and with the grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and all our friends uh, in town. You know, there is a really uh, strong sense of community here. I I find you know, and I think actually over the years it's. Uh, it's, it's strengthened even more so. So exciting in that regard. You know, I love the physical geography here of the North Saskatchewan River Valley. You're close to lake country. Um, and this town has a lot of character, a lot of history, right? Going right back to the settlement in, in the West. Uh, and of course, before that. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think the community has everything that it has to offer uh, for, for me and my family. And it's, uh, you know, great, great to be back and see my kids growing up here uh, just, just like I did. Uh, uh, some some time ago, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great to be able to create those memories for them too. That's great. Uh, so we're chatting because uh, you're an author, a writer. Is that something that that's been a career for you, or how did you uh, kind of become a writer? Uh, no, not a career. Just uh, 
just a dirty little secret that I've had yeah. as a uh, hobby for uh, for many years. Um, it goes right back to uh, I think when I was at the comp, I was in the uh, the IB English program. Um, I started out in in kind of the full IB program there and mm-hmm. uh, dropped out of everything very quickly. Uh, uh, but but stuck with English and I just you know I got this English lit bug there, um, reading and writing. And, uh, you know, I took that uh, sort of sort of through college and um, it was about 10, 12 years ago. I, I uh, you know, I was I was a real literature nerd and I just decided uh, to start writing for myself. You know, I, a lot of that comes back to the Battlefords, too, you know, growing up here and um, all sorts of stories you'd hear, uh, you know, around town. And uh, of course, with the, uh, the Saskatchewan Hospital, I used to work there uh, one summer in, in undergrad and um, just the history here and the people and the characters and um uh, I just thought it would be uh, be a great idea to start chronicling some some little stories I'd heard along the way. Just uh, just as a hobby for myself, uh, for fun, kind of coming out of my 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 hobby of of, of love uh, loving literature. Hmm. So I started dabbling at that, and then um, you know over the years, um, sort of honed my skills. I ended up doing a postgraduate certificate in creative writing through the University of Edinburgh. Okay. Uh, in, from 2014 to 2016. A uh, really cool distance-based program, uh, one of the better English lit and, and writing schools in the world. Um, so yeah, you know, just sort of improving technique and and just still playing with it though, really, and having fun. But yeah, to your your question, I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I thought that uh, you know, over a decade of writing, I sort of had enough to put together into uh, a little collection, and uh, found a little uh, little indie press uh, that. Uh, Seemed, seemed kind of right up my alley to work with in terms yeah. of being able to have creative control and kind of do what I wanted to do with my uh, my collection. And so, yeah, beavered away on that uh, through sort of 2019, early 20. And then uh, the book came out uh, in uh, in the spring of uh, 2020. So pretty exciting to, uh, you know, see it birthed. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's been fun sort of marketing it uh, over the last year, notwithstanding, uh, obviously, yeah. the, the COVID situation. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So it's been quite a a journey, both for your, uh, um, you know, your your journey as a writer and your process there, as well as the, this book. It sounds like the seeds of it kind of go back almost a whole decade there, and uh, just uh, the, being able to see that come to fruition. And I've got a copy right in front of me here too, is Saint Lazarus Day. That's pretty uh, pretty exciting to be able to see a physical product like that after all those years. I'm sure. Yeah, big time. You know, it was sort of a sort of a, I guess, a fantasy for for some time. But um, you know, I I knew what I liked to read, and uh, I was you know writing these stories again, really for friends and family and and myself more than anything. I had this idea in the back of my head that you know if you could chronicle some of these stories that would otherwise disappear, mm. um, you know, and you could have fun with them by by twisting them into fiction, of course. Uh, the characters and the landscapes and the settings and um, just just the stories and the events themselves. So, um, yeah, you know, play, played with that. And uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting collection, too. I think it's there's 20 stories in the collection. Um, they're pretty diverse and eclectic, uh, both in genres and in, and in literary styles. Um, so there's a little bit of everything in there, um, you know, not not. Uh, probably something for uh for for everyone uh, you know at least at least you know if you're into westerns or action or or transgressive stuff kind of chuck polinick urban welsh <laughs> sort of stuff yeah um but um yeah no there's uh it's 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 neat to see it's uh it's been a dream of mine for some time and um yeah seeing it come to life is uh is you know it's it's really exciting and 
kind of kind of gets me going for the next uh, the next projects uh, in the years ahead as well, which is uh, oh. which is fun. No, that's that's very cool. So you mentioned you've got these you know twenty different stories that are kind of in a little uh, collection or anthology of short stories in that Saint Lazarus Day and other stories. Um, so how, like, obviously it took, you know, it took time and you got these little collections of things that are percolating, I'm sure, and germinating as they, uh, build into these stories. I'm curious, um, do these come from your personal experience or does it come from extensive research that you're doing? And the few of them that I read that obviously seem like, you know, there's a fair amount of research and they've got some good, uh, I guess, street cred to them where you're talking about different <laughs> species, all sorts of different things that you seem to know what you're talking about, about a lot of different things. Yeah, no, some of them are, uh, some, some of them are, uh, I think they all stem from incidents, uh, you know, events that uh, happen in, in your life. Um, I, I think in most of these, it'd be multiple incidents or events sort of merged into, into a story, not unlike the characters, um, you know, any given character is probably three, four, five people. And then, and then of course, mm-hmm. those people and those places and those events are all, all fictionalized as well, but um, yeah, certainly topics I'm interested in. Um, I wrote an uh, epistolary uh, war story, sort of a, a letter home from the war uh, from an individual on the Somme in, in World War One. Uh, those terrible battles the Canadians uh, fought over there. Um, you know, it's loosely based actually on the um, the Deputy Minister of Agriculture at the time in the province of Saskatchewan, okay. uh, who was my great great uncle. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he was the DM in Regina, you know, sort of starting out the nascent egg sector and, and building that up uh, and just dropped everything, including a, a wife, uh, my great great aunt and three young kids to go over and, and fight in that really uh, futile battle. Um, you know, and he was, he, mm-hmm. you know, he lasted two days on the front before he got uh, sniped uh, mm-hmm. by the Germans in the trenches there in the Somme. But I was researching that because I'm, I, I really, uh, I really love researching family history. Mm-hmm. Um, I love military history. Uh, World War One, uh, you know, has, has really fascinated me for, for some time coming out of the Franco-Prussian War and of course leading into to World War II. Um, so that's, you know, that, that story is a seven or eight page letter, uh, but it's, um, it's family history, it's military history, it's playing with that uh, epistolary sort of style of writing. Um, and, you know, as I was studying that, I was learning about the, uh, the German gas attacks and, and those terrible events that happened uh, you know, only 100 years ago, which is staggering uh, when you're researching that. But, yeah, that's uh, that, that story sort of based on, you know, uh, they're trying to understand what the, what the Germans are doing with these gas attacks. And they don't they don't really know. And then they're trying to figure out how to how to counter them. And, you know, obviously, that's a, that's a dark topic. It's it's a little bit black. Uh, but, I, you know, I try to twist it into a, a fun kind of humorous uh, way as well. So, yeah, you know, that's that's one little example. But I think they're all kind of like that personal interests and, and just incidents or even stories I've heard, you know, and then you just think about ways you can um, you can play with them to make them fun and uh, accessible in terms of something, you know, enjoyable to read. But that's also original. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots, uh, lot, lots and lots of that. I think, yeah, you're probably talking about the. Um, yeah, that Woodpeckers of Triangulum story, the, the first story of the collection. Yes, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's loosely based on actually just hiking on Finlayson Island. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the river valley, I was with a buddy and uh, one time, you know, and he just, he thought he, he knew, you know, every every tree and every bird. And so I, I kind of took that to an extreme and, uh, <laughs> and, had, and had some fun with that story where he wants to show his buddy these woodpeckers in this one area of the river valley. 
um, they can't find them. He actually gets them lost. Uh, and then they, you know, they have to camp out overnight. And uh, so he didn't find the woodpeckers, but then all of a sudden, you know, he's seeing abstract galaxies and, and, and things in space as though he couldn't find the woodpeckers. So, um, yeah, you know, just, just, just the fun, uh, fun, fun incident there. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm a, a back, backyard uh, birding nerd as well. So there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Well, I've, I've only had a chance to read a few of the stories so far and that was one of them. And it seems like they're all kind of, yeah, they're, you know, based in this, uh, you know, route of educating about something, whether it's a, you know, a, a place, a person, some history, like you're saying, um, back in world war one, or it's these species in our own backyard here. Um, so as, as a writer, is that something that you think just goes with the territory that you kind of have to wear these multiple hats that you're a writer and a scientist and a researcher or? Well, yeah, I think like my, my goal all along is uh, I want somebody to read these stories and I want them to have some laughs. I mm -hmm. want them to uh, enjoy it. I want them to get into reading and maybe inspire them to, to read more uh, and just, just, just have some fun with them. Right. Like I want them to be literate um the stories uh but i you know i want them to be accessible and and fun as well and this collection i like i, I really like short fiction i mm -hmm. uh, you know i love i love novels but um you know i don't think there's anything better than reading uh you know the great canadian alice monroe mm -hmm. um you know greatest contemporary short story writer in the world um or or back to old you know short story masters like chekhov um but it's, you know, it's accessible, it's bite-sized, um, you know, society, I don't think, has a very long attention span today, uh, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. me included, totally, uh, totally there. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think you want to do that, you want to have fun, you want to be uh, unique and original, um, you know, humor, uh, whether deadpan or, or more explicit, I think, you know, that's, that's got to come through. But it has to be smart too. Yeah, you want to you want to know your topic and, and research your topic, even if it's as silly as uh, you know trying to find woodpeckers, um, <laughs> or you know what the phosgene gas smells like coming at you on the Somme, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, there's certainly a lot of a lot of work and, and research in that regard. Um, but you know things things that I find interesting and uh, and uh, yeah, just like twisting about and and playing with and. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think people get some get some laughs out of them. Yeah, so you're taking these, you know, as you said yourself, you know, diverse uh, stories, diverse styles that they're written, and certainly, I mean, just from reading it myself too, you make it do make it very approachable. It's uh, they're humorous, they're perhaps sometimes surrealist or absurdist. I don't know uh, what, yeah. what the right genre is, and even uh, you know, hallucinatory that things don't necessarily seem real. Are you sure this is really what's happening? <laughs> That's so, absolutely right. Yeah, and you know, you're 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 bang on that. Um, and that's what's so funny is that when we were doing this with my publisher and setting it up, um, you know, for booksellers and libraries, uh, that that was one of the categories in fiction that my book is listed under. It's it's dark humor and black humor, but absurdist fiction is a category. Mm -hmm. I didn't okay. know that, and okay. I actually hit number one on Amazon in Canada in absurdist fiction. Wow, <laughs> which wow. which was funny because <laughs> I didn't know it existed. <laughs> So uh, that was a funny little uh, little bestseller feather in my oh, cap, as 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 kind of minor league uh, ball as that is. There's a um, there's a, a seed for a future story there too. I'm sure that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's true. You know, I think in some of these cases, you don't know if it's uh, if it's uh, you know there's surreal and absurd for sure. Um, but they're grounded in you know real everyday uh, circumstances. I, you know, I think 
probably more than half these stories are, are pretty very, you know, they would have a genesis or, or its characters and, and landscapes and things right here in the Battlefords and area. Certainly uh, Saskatchewan, heavy themes and, and characters in Western Canada. There's a lot of rural stories, a lot of agricultural stories. Um, I've got three active family farms in my family. Um, I'm not a farmer, but I, I, I play junior farmhand. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I get to, you know, unload trucks at harvest and stuff like that. Um, but you know, lot, lots of stories there that you think are actually pretty simple on the surface. And then, yeah, you're not sure what's, uh, what's going on. I think to that question and your, your question right before that, you know, the title story seeing Lazarus day, that's, that's mm-hmm. loosely based on when I was going to the U of S in the late nineties, I, um, I backpacked around rural Cuba, okay. um, before it became a big tourist place. Um, so I was doing it illegally and, uh, <laughs> I was in rural Cuba and I got bit by a nest of black widows. Jeez, and okay. I got really sick. Like I was, I, I, I was hallucinating and I was almost like paralyzed for 24 hours and I didn't know where I was or what was going on. I was sure I was going to die down there. Oh my and, God. Um, okay. So that story, you know, that story is sort of loosely based on that, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of simple in, in the telling and there's a lot of humor in it, but then at the end, yeah, you're not sure. Like, is this guy dead? Is he, <laughs> is he telling this to, uh, you know, ghosts and deities and, and devils, or is he just talking to doctors in the, in the hospital, or is he just telling friends the story or what? So, um, yeah, I mean, lots, uh, lots of mystery and, and, uh, you know, fun, fun interpretation on a, on a lot of them as well, even if they are, um, kind of deceptively simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, let's see. I don't know if it, if it makes sense there too, or if it's a good time in the show here, but, uh, would you be ready to do perhaps a little, a reading to give people a taste of what these stories are and what they're all about? <laughs> sure, sure. I got to, uh, yeah, I got to just try to try to find the right, uh, right balance. Don't want to turn, turn everybody off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be happy to for sure. So this, uh, this little excerpt here is, uh, it's in a story I wrote. It's called Strawberry Fields for Now, obviously okay. a play on the Beatles song. Um, it's just about a, a couple from, um, you know, sort of a rural, rural area or small town, and they go to the big city um, farmer's market. Although it's one of those you pick markets right outside of the big city. Okay. And uh, like I said, you know, I got, I got all, all my family are farmers, uh, most of them, are, uh, you know, in active farms in, in different aspects of, um, of ag here. So I, I love that. And I really love going to farmer's markets myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got the entrepreneurs and the, the artisans and the innovators and cool products. But when you're in the city, I, I just often find it hilarious where, you know, a lot of these folks just don't know anything about agriculture. Yeah, yeah. They don't know, you know, and there's a lot of kind of sanctimony about what, what they're selling. And usually it's just harmless marketing and it's all, it's all good fun. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes it's just, uh, it's just quite funny. So this story here, I'll just read you an excerpt. It's kind of in the middle yeah. of the story. You know, the, the individual uh, who's sort of telling this in a monologue, you know, something's going on at the Yupik Strawberry Farm, but, but isn't sure what it is. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick read here. Perfect, yeah. And so the good folks who made it on the first wagon to pick strawberries are out there. You can see them. They're out there picking away near their wagon in the field. Sunny smiles abound. Past and adjacent to Strawberry Field is a corn crop is this so-called organic you pick strawberry patch is in the middle between this regular corn and the row of vendors and their stalls in the main market area. Listen to this. This buzzing sound starts up in the distance, low and a ways away at first, growing louder and closer within seconds. I'm thinking it's nothing to do with anything here. 
then this small bright yellow plane can be seen flying towards us, descending on its approach. I'm not figuring much of it, but you can't ignore it as it comes in proximity, flying right at us, it seems. Can't help even thinking it might be a terrorist attack. Then it adjusts its flight angle, all the while still descending, and you can make out that it's only a crop duster flying towards the cornfield adjacent to strawberries. Everyone looks a bit surprised from the noise and how near it is, so they're staring at this. When the plane's wings tilt and straighten out, and it's clear it's flying over the cornrows, all the market goers sort of breathe this big sigh of relief that they're not going to get hit by this kamikaze crop duster. I can hear some people around me in the market saying, oh, it's just irrigating the field, probably because it's so dry and hot out and that sort of thing. And you can see the strawberry pickers back to conversing on no doubt the same topic of aeronautics and agronomy, I bet. At the same time, I see the snake oil salesman who's the owner of this market. He's holding his phony hillbilly straw hat with his hands. Looks like he's about to shred it apart. The grip is so tight, wide-eyed and nonplussed, watching the small aircraft. All I can think is, this greaseball knows something we don't know. The plane hits its mark, and sure enough, out comes the misty spray from its tanks, gently fluttering down onto the corn. This is all good and fine and normal farming practice, right? Maybe it is. However, it's not good and fine and normal at this market at this time on this morning. Halfway through its drop, right in the middle of the cornfield, right next to the center section of the organic strawberry patch, a strong gust blows from the direction of the corn plants, like a massive freak plow wind, and the strawberry pickers get wet, like flipping soaked. This blast of wind, downburst, or whatever it was, was so intense that we all felt the mist from way over in the vendor area, too. It was kind of funny, a warm day, a bit of refreshing, cooling off those in the shopping zone thought, even if we were all in a bit of shock or at least surprised from this blustery shot of droplets, as if we were at the splash park. I'm hearing a few light laughs and chuckles and smiles across the market. Brief as it was, the rejuvenating dew on the strawberries making them twinkle like rubies under the sun. Well, it's quiet out now with the plane having flown by, taking its noisy engine along with it. The smiles fade and start to disappear when a couple of soccer moms walking in the market road near us eating popcorn look at each other and say, concurrent enough to say jinx or beer, they say, it doesn't seem like water, sort of dabbing and sniffing their forearms where the vapor settled, even giving it a lick to taste the droplets. One says, it's not water. It's not clear. It's amber. And I think it smells funny, like gasoline or garlic. The one who lapped up the drops says, it tastes funny too. It's oily and metallic like blood. It tingles on my tongue. She offers up a disgusted look as further proof it wasn't airplane aqua. These lovely ladies are figuring this all out. One of the dirty grunt workers walks by carrying his weed whipper. He's wearing a big container of liquid sloshing around in what was like a backpack. The hose and nozzle coming out of it like a belt, clearly some chemical. As this laborer carries on about his business, an old hippie gal screams from her honey hut. As loud as you can possibly imagine her voice to be, she yells, it's not water. It's glyphosate. <laughs> and then from there, uh, it just descends into total chaos and trauma at the wow. farmer's market. Um, as though the, uh, the folks thought they were napalmed in Vietnam, uh, with the, uh, the, uh, the crop duster. Um, wow. <laughs> so yeah, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of a fun, uh, fun twist at the end there. And then it's, uh, bleeds off. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of these, uh, you know, what the hell just happened sort of moments in your stories, it seems, or what's actually going on here. <laughs> yeah, I like the, I, lo I love the fast pace. I, I love the, um, you know, one of my favorite writers is is Chuck Palahniuk. A lot of people will know him, of course, from the movie Fight Club. Mm. Uh, I'd encourage anyone to read that book or, or any of his books. 
um, you know, Irvin Welsh, people will know from the movie Train Spotting. Uh, you know, all, all his stories are, um, are, 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 are punchy. You know, I, that, that's one, that's one example. Again, you know, all the, all the styles are different. All the genres are different, but, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's one I had a lot of fun with. And I think, uh, I think, uh, I think people quite enjoyed. Yeah, no, that's great. So the book came out a little earlier in, uh, 2020 here in the, uh, year of covid <laughs> yeah and uh, so were there any um you know hiccups for you in your process or in the journey i mean i'm curious like you know is there any advice or tips you'd provide people if if they got like a little seed germinating for a book or something that they would like to do yeah how how do you approach that or how do you find these publishers and how do you get started yeah for sure yeah well like i said you know i've i've uh, i've been in the literature uh for for really forever um, you know, that goes right back to my, my mom and dad, uh, reading to me when I was a kid, uh, from, you know, memorizing nursery rhymes, uh, when I was young to, uh, children's books, fantastical action in the comics, of course, uh, through to, um, to, to lit and just, just, just fun, fun reading as well. So, you know, I would encourage everybody, um, you know, just, just to read, read widely, read diversely read to your kids. Um, definitely. Uh, there's actually a, um, a short story in my collection. That's a, uh, a tale for children. Mm. Um, there's one, uh, one children's story in here. So, um, uh, you know, if anything, there's one, one safe story you can, uh, <laughs> read to kids in here, but my, my nine-year-old daughter, uh, well, she just turned 10, but, um, I, I actually gave her a copy edit on it. Um, and she, uh, she helped me out with that. So, you know, read, read your kids. Uh, you want to write, uh, read, 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 mm-hmm. um, just, you know, the way that it is, you, you learn, um, technique, learn styles, uh, diverse ways of, of writing. Um, it's just like anything in life, right? It's experience, it's practice. Um, so reading, and then as far as writing goes, yeah, I think one of the biggest hiccups, this is common, um, is, you know, it's almost cliche, but, it is just, just jot stuff down. Right. Like for me, um, I, I've, uh, some of these stories were like a one, not even a one sentence bullet point. Um, you know, I saw something I, uh, you know, I, I saw an incident or an event or, or somebody told me a story or something. And I, I just write it down. Like I'd text myself or email myself or just jot it down on a piece of paper. And in some of those cases that, that would just sit there for years. Um, but then you remember it, You'll always remember it if you write it down and it'll come yeah. back to you and then play with it. Um, you know, and like Ernest Hemingway said, another maybe greatest short story writer of the 20th century, um, all first drafts are garbage. Um, he said something else. I don't, I don't know if I can say that, but, um, and that, and that's true, but that's, that's the whole point is experience. Just write, take notes down, um, just write funny little incidents, uh, jot down jokes, jot down things you've seen or, or things you thought of. And then, um, just, just let it rip, um, you know, read and write. And then, you know, if you, if you move along to that point and you want to share drafts with, uh, with people and see what they think and, um, and go from there. And I mean, I think the great thing today about, about technology is, um, it democratizes, the, the writing process yeah, and yeah. Uh, publishing as well. Like you can, you can bang out something on word. And, and once you've had some folks look at it and edit it, you can publish it on your own electronically yeah. uh, at, at no cost right? and have it accessible to anyone in the world to, to read. 
So, um, you know, traditional publishing, it's, it's, it's a big process. Um, I, like I said, I wanted total creative control, but I wanted to do it professionally uh, with editors and, and publishers and, and graphic designers and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did a hybrid indie press model. Um, and yeah, you know, lot, lots of options, but I think just, you know, just read and write and, um, and uh, you see what comes of it, right? I think that that's how, that's how we create you know, whittling wood or doing anything, right? It's uh, just to do it and, and yeah. learn learn about it and do it and do it. So where can people get their, their hands on the book then too? We're kind of in an interesting time for in-person shopping and all that sort of stuff, but uh, where can the book be found? And Yeah, absolutely. Well, it can be found, um, you know, pr- pretty much anywhere. Um, you can buy a physical hard copy of the book in the Battlefords at uh, Empress Decor and Furniture. Right, on okay. uh, the north end of town there on the highway. Um, yeah, Terry Terry and Stacy Caldwell are at Empress of Copies. I know they've sold out um, a couple of times, but I know that uh, they've got books and there's more coming there. Um, McNally Robinson in Saskatoon, I know, has sold out a few times too, but you can get it there and you can order it online from McNally Robinson. Um, I know that the library, the North Battleford Library in the Lakeland Library region have three or four copies. Um, I see that they're all checked out right now and there's some holds, but you can, you can get a hold at the library. Uh, and of course, you know, if you read on your phone or your laptop or, um, or device, you can just use the free, the free app with uh, chapters Indigo Kobo or Kindle on Amazon or whatever. And you can, uh, you can read on any device as well. So yeah, you can get it, uh, anywhere. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I'd encourage folks to, uh, to read it, I think you know. There's there's a there's a sports story, there's a war story, there's a there's a western, there's a, there's a little bit of everything in here. Um, you know, and again, North Bottleford, Saskatchewan themes, characters. Yeah, no, that's very cool. So let's see for people who who have read the book so far, it sounds like it's being received very well too. And you mentioned kind of uh, you know accidentally hitting that number one absurdist category there. <laughs> has there <laughs> yeah. has there been any other you know response? not exactly the New York Times uh, bestseller <laughs> list, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, has there been any other you know response to the book that surprised you or startled you or? Yeah, you know, here in the Battlefords, I was I was honored. Uh, surprised and honored at your point on uh, winning the uh, the Battleford's best the best uh, best writer author for 2021 recently. Yes, so that was really exciting. On that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And actually, just the other day, uh, I've I've just been named uh, one of the best collections of 2020 of of short fiction um, by Bookshop.org, which is sort of the umbrella site of all the independent bookstores in the u.s um mm. and apparently that that ended up there from an iconic bookstore in in california so thrilled to uh thrilled to see that as well i'm, I'm kind of on there with uh, all these like pulitzer falcon winners and booker nominees and new york times bestsellers which is which is absurd in itself <laughs> and silly oh, uh, cool. but i mean that was that was quite something to see too so yeah, I've had a, a lot of a lot of good feedback, and you know, I'm talking to some other publishers now about um, for the last decade as well. This this whole time, concurrently, I've been writing a novel. Hmm. Um, it's that's actually what I started writing originally, and it's um, it's about a century-old rural um, psychiatric hospital. Okay, which yeah. uh, might might sound familiar to, uh, to people in the battlefront. It's kind of so, ringing a bell there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I'm talking to publishers about that, and uh, you know, I know there's been uh, been some interest in the uh, 
in the some early interest as well. COVID kind of throws a wrench into everything, right? Like mm. uh, your question, I know um, you know supply chains and logistics for books have been goofed up, messed up just like everything else. Um, not not ebooks, but the physical ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I know it's uh, there's some folks in the film and and uh, TV and movie space in Vancouver who've uh, who've got copies of it too. And uh, talking to publishers about the novel, which you know we'll do that in the next kind of two three years. Um, so yeah, no, it's it, you know all, all the reception's been great, but I just you know I love I love seeing that my neighbors and friends and, and family and colleagues here uh, you know in, in the Battlefords and across Saskatchewan in the West. Um, uh, you know when I when I hear they've they've got a few laughs out of a, a story here or there that's uh, that's what uh, that's what drives me and that's uh, that's exciting makes it makes it worthwhile. Excellent. Well, that's got to feel great to see your your work pay off like that and get that sort of reception that it's had. <laughs> and we're just uh, still early days on this book too. I'm sure you're going to keep uh, keep selling this and promoting this for some time. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, no, that's another great point, Matt. You know, it's it's this COVID's goofed everything up, and so you, yeah, I haven't been able to do events with, um, hmm. you know, the library during Saskatchewan Library Week, or I was going to do a reading at McNally Robinson. Um, you know, just doing some different things like that. Um, there's some independent bookstores in Ottawa and Toronto uh, and and in Calgary that uh, I'm probably going to do events at. But so you can't do that now. But um, you know, you can uh, you can read more and and write more and uh, and uh, just just keep uh, keep plugging away. And like everybody, you know, this has been a been a been a rough year. Um, I I can't complain myself, um, but it's you know general COVID annoyances for for everybody and. Very difficult times for for others. Uh, so you know, I think that though, as we hit 2021 here, we're we're in January now. Um, you know, there's lots of lots of hope on the horizon. So um, just keep plugging away, and and uh, and hopefully everybody does does the same, and uh, by summer we'll be uh, normalish. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, so I'm curious too. Um, notwithstanding all the COVID curveballs that have been uh, thrown your way and everybody's way too, is there anything along the way in your journey that you know, you would have done differently, perhaps, if you had a second chance or if you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, 10 years ago when you're getting the gears first rolling on this book, would you have done things differently at all? Or? I don't think I would have went, went back and done things differently. I mean, hindsight, hindsight's 2020 cliche, but it's it's true. Um, you know, you, you, you motivate yourself to, to probably, you know, probably try and try and write more and maybe, maybe take a few more liberties and, and be a little more aggressive here and there. But, you know, for me, this is just a hobby. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable. I love the word. Um, I love the sentence, the structure, the story, um, reading and writing. So, you know, I would do this, this anyway. I think, you know, lessons learned though, going back to the experience point on, um, you know, what I'm going to do with my novel, uh, you know, whether I do that the same way or, or go with a major publisher, um, you know, marketing it in, in that sense. Um, yeah, you know, I think lessons learned along the way, but no, I, I've had a fun decade kind of chipping away at this, these, these silly little stories. Um, and I'm really happy with the, you know, the final product. So, uh, yeah, just little bits here and there that I'll play with on, on future stories and the novel and all that. But, um, no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm content. I'm, I, you know, I never thought I'd actually see this, this come out. Uh, yeah. and even things like the cover, you know, I work with this graphic designer and it's very I've, cool. Yeah. I've got a thousand, you know, literary fiction books on my shelf and there's maybe like three covers that I like. Um, but I, but he just, he just hit this, right. It's, it's different images from different stories. Uh, 
my editor in New York, she said, yeah, it's kind of, they're kind of like little Easter eggs for the reader. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, anyway, no, I, 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 I feel like it's, it's, it's went well. I've, I've hit it. And now, uh, now just, uh, yeah, onward on future projects. Well, yeah. And you've, so you've talked about this novel that you've got in the works there too. My last question for you is just going to be what's next. Are you able to kind of, uh, you know, give a little bit of a teaser about, uh, what people could expect <laughs> to hear in that, uh, or read about in that uh, novel when it does come out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I'll just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna market this, this, uh, St. Lazarus Day here through, through 21 and, uh, do some, do some events and different things. Um, the manuscript is done. It's, uh, sort of 80,000 words. So it's sort of a 300 page paperback novel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably set in the seventies or eighties. It's, it's a, you know, it's a small rural, uh, town with this century old, um, psychiatric hospital um and i think you know what it is is it looks at and obviously our, our hospital here has seen this entirely uh from 1911 through to condemning that old building uh you know in the last couple of years and moving into the uh the modern marvel there which is great but um yeah the history of um i think there's a lot of farming and agricultural stuff in there uh you know western prairie sort of stuff but the history of the treatment of mental illness, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, the, you know, the, the patients, the doctors, the nurses, the, the community. Um, and um, it's a tragic comedy. Uh, so okay. it's, you know, it's, it's dark humor and it's, it's funny, I think, but it's also serious because it's a real topic and it's important. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at that uh, through this sort of century uh, old sort of 360 lens of, of, uh, of, of that. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, I think it hits sort of a lot of, a lot of themes. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of targeting spring 2023, uh, which would be just sort of like three years after, after this came out. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a year from now we'll know, we'll know, uh, what I'm going to do with that. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. You know, sort of an honest honest look at it, but in a in a fun uh, fun way, uh, fun fun and funny way. Because I think that that's uh, oh, that's what people want to read as well. Yeah, no, that's great. And certainly the uh, Sask Hospital is a uh, you know cornerstone of the community here and has been for some time. So I'm sure a lot of listeners will be uh, keen to keep their eyes open for that when it does hit the uh, bookshelves. Or I think so. Yeah, you know, like I I worked there my first summer of undergrads. Um, you know, I was 97. My dad worked there in the first summer of his undergrad, which I think was 67. It's just, you know, you'd hear quirky stories about town, about um, treatments and patients and antics and, and all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that. And, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully uh, birth it in a couple of years. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, congrats on the success with St. Lazarus Day. And we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned for the new novel when it does come out there. So there you have it. Thank you, Robin, for this great conversation and sharing so many stories about the Battlefords and insights into your journey and process as a new author. Hopefully you enjoyed listening in and perhaps found some inspiration too if you have a little spark of an idea for a book that you've been hmm, meaning to hopefully someday possibly write. I think Robin provides a great example of what's possible. Now, this episode came to us through our Nominate a Guest form on our website and landed Robin a super stylish untapped t-shirt for his troubles. So if you know someone or if you are someone with a great story to share about living and working here in the Battlefords, 
be sure to visit the website at battlefordsuntapped.com and get in touch with us. That's it for now. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk again next time.